You are listening to the Ridgewood Church Podcast on a sermon series that will take us through the Gospel of John, entitled, Learning Jesus. A man by the name of John Huss was a 15th century Czech priest, and he had huge influence over men like Martin Luther as the Protestant Reformation was gaining traction. But sadly, he was burned at the stake for heresy against the Catholic Church. But at that moment, with ropes tied around his naked body and chains around his neck and straw up to here, The imperial marshal of the event gave him one last chance to recant. And here's what Huss said. God is my witness that the principal intention of my preaching and all of my other acts or writings are solely that I might turn people from sin. And in that truth of the gospel that I wrote, taught, and preached, I am willingly glad to die today. And with those words, the executioner started the fire. John Huss was willing to give it all for Jesus Christ. And that's the call to the Christian. The call to the Christian isn't to live a comfortable life. It isn't to develop nice friend groups and to put our kids in the best program, although nothing wrong with any of those things. But the call to the Christian is to give it all for Christ. Jesus gave it all for us. And this morning we're going to watch him in an amazing way serve his own disciples, a group of men that wouldn't as much as wash the foot of the man next to them. But here Jesus will forecast not only that amazing servanthood of his own, but the next day his sacrifice on the cross. And in effect, what he's going to say today through his actions is, this is what you are supposed to do. This is how you are to conduct yourself. And so today when you leave, my hope is as we remember the sacrifice of men like John Huss, as we watch Jesus himself serve those who didn't really deserve to be served, that you will be able to say, Lord, I hold nothing back. Take every fiber of my being. Lord, take it all. And so take your Bibles with me and let's unpack this amazing moment in the book of John, chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. John 13, 1. If you want to grab that Bible in the rack in front of you, this is on page 900, and you can also use your Ridgewood app. In our series, Learning Jesus in the Gospel of John, we have worked our way now through the I Am sayings after beginning with the origins of the universe and Jesus and the signs 
Today we begin a section called Preparations. This is Preparations for His Death. And what we're going to do is we're going to move through the summer months in this section. We're going to take a break from John through the fall and early winter and then pick up the narrative of the Passion of Christ with John and move into the Easter season so we can celebrate his resurrection together. But here, Jesus offers this poignant picture of sacrificial conduct. And we're going to watch Jesus put his own position aside so he could serve. And my hope is that after we read this together, that we will all be able to cry out just like John Huss did. I am with Jesus. And you can have it all. So let's begin by reading verses 1 through 5. The stage is set. The end had come. But Jesus still has one more message to give. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And so now we've come to this pivotal moment in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And these actions signal that his time had finally come. The passion was about to begin. And this was a Passover meal like no other. I mean, here you have Jesus eating with his disciples. He would be on the cross the next day. And of course, they're at this Passover festival, which commemorates that time when God rescued his people Israel from Egypt and that angel of death swooped in to take Egypt's firstborn but that blood on the doorpost above God's people saved them that night and now Jesus would do his own Passover he would give his own precious blood he would save his children from death, but death that comes as a penalty for sin. And so all that we see happening in this passage is a preview of Jesus going to the cross. Now my guess is when these men arrived in that upper room, they were festive. It was a festival. It was fun. They were together. They were going to eat this big meal. And we have different sort of ideas of what it might have been like in the upper room. Da Vinci has this famous one. It's probably worth a few million bucks, but it's wrong. Because, well, this particular one I'm showing you isn't worth a million dollars. I don't want anybody to come and try to steal the monitor. Um, but you see, they're sitting upright at a table. That's not the way it would have been customarily. This next image we have would have been much closer to the truth. The men are reclining at a table around a small area 
You see Jesus here with his close disciples there. They were at a customary dinner together. And that's why verse 4 tells us that Jesus got up from supper to serve them. And what, would, what he was about to do was shocking. This is cultural. What Jesus was about to do was absolutely countercultural. It was crazy. It would have shocked them. But the point was, I'm going to serve you, and if you're with me, then you need to serve too, and I want you to give me everything. And the love that Jesus works out through this sequence of events, not only for these men, but for us, is going to be amazing to see this summer. So here's the next point I want to make to you as we begin this morning. His sacrificial actions proved that he loves his own. If you look at that first verse, you could stop right there. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What a beautiful phrase. Now, the, the fact that Jesus is, is washing feet is not such a big shock. It was a custom in that time. The roads were filthy. Sandals were the footwear of the day. This is what Neil wears. Neil wears sandals, winter, summer, so he would have fit right in. In fact, I think he's a Renaissance man from that time. I'm not sure. So the fact that feet are being washed is not that big a deal. But what's shocking is who's doing the washing. Because in that culture, it was a host responsibility to provide foot washing. But the, the guests were washed by servants. Children would wash the feet of parents. Slaves, their masters. The lesser would wash the feet of the greater. But all of a sudden, Jesus arises, and you can almost picture him in this room taking off his outer garment, which would have been like a coat for us, and you can maybe see him handing it to someone, taking a towel, wrapping it around his waist, and then he gets down on his knees. And, and remember who this is. This is the king of the universe. This is Yahweh, their rabbi. I can only imagine the shock that would have come over them as he washed all of the feet of these men who wouldn't as much as wash each other's and not only wash their feet, but the feet of the betrayer, Judas. An amazing picture of servanthood that Jesus laid out for them. And it's quite amazing. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't do it just by happenstance. Jesus did it to make a point. If he could wash feet, so can we. If he can serve, so can we. If he could go to the cross the next day and give everything, so can we. And so this is what Jesus shows us. And even the man of whom verse 2 says, the devil had already put into his heart to betray Jesus. Here he is washing his feet. 
And this is the first of three ways in this passage that Jesus gives his all for his men and for us. He's going to teach them. He's going to die for them. But first, we're looking at sacrifice. So Jesus showed his love first by this amazing act of sacrifice. He gave it all, and Peter didn't like it. Look at verses 6 through 11. So he's going, you know, you can just see him kind of moving from man to man. Now he gets to Peter. Got to love Peter. Came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. In verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, and this is where I drew the theme of the message today, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Peter, in essence, was saying, okay, if you're going to wash my feet, then take everything. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, talking about Peter's spiritual condition because of his faith. But not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. And that is why he said, not all of you are clean. He knew exactly what was happening with Judas. And now the disciples had to withstand this, what must have been an embarrassing moment, because these guys didn't really always get it. And Peter, their wonderful spokesman, their unofficial spokesman, who I'm sure they were really glad was their spokesman sometimes, says, Lord, do you wash my feet But you see, Jesus expects them to submit to the washing of the feet because this is a symbol of submission to him because he would soon be on the cross. And there is no greater symbol of submission and sacrifice than the cross of Jesus Christ because he went there voluntarily in order to make payment for sin that he did not commit. He's washing feet now, but in a few hours he'd be hanging from a cross, bleeding, dying for the sins of mankind. Now, I don't know how many people would have been at the execution of John Huss and kind of raised their hand and said, hey, hold on a minute. I'll do that. Take the chains off. Take the ropes off. Cover me in straw, then light a match. Probably not many would do that. But Jesus did that, only his sacrifice was a million times more important because he was the sinless lamb who went to the cross in order that we might be forgiven of sin, that our sins might be atoned for, and we could be justified and right with God for all of eternity. For those who would believe in him. Jesus Christ did that for us. And how can any of us for a moment say, I can't serve another. I can't forgive another. I can't stand another. When Jesus did all this. Jesus is brilliant. He knew exactly what they were thinking. He knew exactly what to do. 
He gave it all for us. It was an amazing act of sacrifice. But he also showed his love through his teaching. And we see that now here in verses 12 through 17. Here he explains the meaning of the foot washing. It was to teach them how to live and the victory that would come on the cross. Verse 12, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you not understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And so he, he gets up, he puts his outer garment back on, puts the towel down, comes back, and reminds them of who actually did the foot washing. In 13, he reminds them of his title, Teacher and Lord. He had put culture upside down in order to make a point. And what was even more embarrassing for the disciples is that they had just been arguing about who was the greatest. You see this here in the book of Luke. A dispute also arose among them as to which one of them was to be regarded as the greatest. Can you imagine? I am the greatest. No, you're the greatest. I'm going to be the greatest. You're the, no, come on. And then Jesus gets up and starts washing their feet. Jesus didn't scream at them or belittle them. He simply got up and showed them what was to be done. And if you think for a moment that in God's economy, in the church of Jesus Christ, that there are people who are more important than another, if, or if there are ladders of importance to the kingdom, then you don't understand the gospel or the church. We all have different roles. We have different roles in our family. We have different roles in the church. But everyone, Paul says, is equal as a child of God. And so it's time that we start serving each other. It's, it's time that we put aside bickering and, and do what Jesus did, wash feet. Husbands serving their wives, ministry leaders serving those who serve under them, children serving parents, longtime churchgoers serving those who are new to the faith. Flipping it upside down so that culture will watch and say, wow, these people are amazing. And so that we do what Jesus told us to do. Follow his example. And so he taught, he sacrificed, and then ultimately, the third way he showed his love here is by giving it all unto death. Jesus paid the price. In the final three verses of this section, verses 18 through 20, Jesus predicts the ultimate act of service, his own atoning death. Look at 18. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, 
But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me. And that's a reference to Genesis 3 when the curse was put on Satan. That yes, he would bruise the heel. Yes, he would bruise the heel of Christ on the cross. But Jesus then would win the battle by taking the head. 19, I am telling you this now before it takes place. That when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. And so here he is talking about Judas, who's taking the bread, is going to betray him. It's not an accident, it's the plan. It fulfills Psalm 41.9. Ahithophel was... The Lord was David's friend and his table companion. And he betrayed David and then hanged himself. And here Judas betrays Jesus and hangs himself. It's been planned. It's a foundational redemptive plan of God. This is Jesus submitting. And and it all revolves around this incredible message. Verse 20, by the way, means... Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me, simply means that if we would believe the message of the disciples, that we would gain eternal life. Because the foot washer is from the Father. And so here you have this extraordinary act of sacrifice that shows us how to live. But even more, a sacrifice that would happen on a cross of suffering where he gave his broken body for the forgiveness of sin. This was meant to teach us how to live. The Lord gave it all. And so my question for you this morning is, after reading this, after pondering for a few minutes, can you say to Jesus right now, take it all? Can you say that? Because Jesus really left no wiggle room. And what he's telling us to do is, I want you to model me here. And so if you can't say that this morning, if there's something in your spirit, if there's a hitch in your spirit, then let me ask you, if you don't mind, three more questions. First, if you can't say that, is pride hindering you? If you, don't, if you don't think that you need your feet washed, if you don't think that you need atonement, that you need the forgiveness of sin because you're somehow just a little better than someone else, wow, those people over there, man, can you imagine how much more unity we'd have in the body of Christ if we'd all just get real about our own sin? But somehow we all think that sinners are in the church for sure, but certainly not like, you know, I'm I'm lucky I'm past that. If that's the way you think, you're not going to be able to give it all because giving it all is submission to the plan. And that's why he wanted Peter to do it because he was submitting to him. So that's the first question. Secondly, is fear hindering you? Is fear hindering you? 
Maybe you're thinking this morning, if I say those words, you can have it all, that God's going to make my life really uncomfortable. Now, John Huss, that's an extreme example. Likely, we're not going to be burned at the stake for our faith. But it is true that when we say those words, we are submitting to the plan of God. So it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of saying, yes, I would be willing to move to a different city. I would be willing to work at a different job. I would be willing to treat my wife differently. I would be willing to treat my husband differently. I'd be willing to parent differently. All hard, but necessary if we are going to say, take it all. So pride, fear, and then I would ask you this. Is selfishness hindering you? Because if you're idol is yourself, then you can't do this. Because what Jesus is calling us to do is to wash the feet of others just like he did here. And if we idolize self, we're not going to be able to get down on our knees and we're not going to be able to look a betrayer in the face and wash his feet. Because we're better than that. So if you are attached to Christ, if you deeply desire to make your life count, and if you hear him speaking to you right now, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to waste no more time and give it all to Jesus. John Huss did. Jesus did. And so can we. And so as we sing together today, Let's make it a unified chorus of people that are willing in our spirits to say, yeah, you can have it all. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.